Welcome to Wrong Voicemail Podcast, Boston Edition. I am your host, Maria Champa. Here's the story. My longtime husband, Justin Carr. Hi, I'm Justin Carr. There he is. Got a wrong voicemail. The first of many. I appreciate it, Chief. Sorry to bother you with it, but it's an important person uh, and a big supporter of mine. Now, you've heard of a wrong number, but a wrong voicemail? Different thing. It's when a total stranger leaves you a voicemail thinking you are someone else. And the ones we got, they go into detail. This guy's banks up in arms. Chief? I'm not the chief. No. You are obviously my first husband, Justin Carr. I clearly say my name in my voicemail greeting. Open your ears, jackass. All righty, chief. Cool your jets. In Wrong Voicemail Podcast, we have changed the names of those who left the wrong voicemails to protect their identities. And we got so many wrong voicemails, all of them from two guys in the same office in Boston, Mass. So we did the logical thing you do when you get 10 wrong voicemails. We laughed. (laughs) 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 Then... We got down to brass tacks and did some lighthearted investigation. Welcome to Wrong Voicemail, Boston Edition, where you'll not only laugh at these wrong voicemails, but you'll discover, along with us, who these guys are, what they want, and most importantly, what is their favorite kind of submarine sandwich? Okay. Three wrong voicemails so far. Two from Fitzpatrick himself. Names have been anonymized. And one from his chief of staff, Brian Shanahan. Shanny? Yes. So three wrong voicemails that we've talked about so far. Unraveling this mystery. Trying to figure out who are these guys? What do they want? Why are they why are they calling you? Why are they calling you the chief? <laughs> this investigation slash lighthearted banter is moving along nicely. Don't you think so, Justin Carr? I would like to believe that, yes. Why don't you believe it if you would like to believe it? Yes, it's moving along quite nicely. It got very existential there for a moment, didn't it? Maybe. Like, if you want to believe it, why don't you just believe it? (sighs) But I have a firm belief that our investigation slash lighthearted banter is moving along nicely. I believe... That is a fact. I feel good about it, and I've been having fun. Yeah, it seems like there's some story being revealed. Well, what what is this voicemail about? Okay, well, first, let us review what we know so far. You just want to jump right into the voicemail. Let's review what we know so far, okay? Let's review what we know so far, then. These guys, who shall remain anonymous, but we named Fitzy and Shanny, left Justin, my husband, all these voicemails, thinking he was some chief of the Boston Fire Department. That, that's what we know so far. And that's a reveal too. BFD. Yes. Yes. Which one of them said in one of the voicemails stands for Boston Fire Department. Second thing we know so far, both of these guys are super apologetic toward the chief. Mm-hmm. You know, and Justin, you said earlier that it's because they're asking something of a higher up. And I say it's because they need to work on their sense of value and intrinsic human worth. That's what you say. That's what I say. Third point of review. This is a two-parter. First, we let you know, dear listener, that we have never returned these calls. It's true. We never have. Second, despite not returning these wrong voicemails, the North End of Boston, 
on the whole, seems to be doing okay, fire-wise. It hasn't gone up in flames? No. As far as we know, it's still there. All right. Today, our fourth wrong voicemail is from, guess who it's from? Justin, guess who it's from? Is it from Chief? Would the Chief be calling the Chief? Did he get his own number wrong, calling himself? What, I don't know what kind no. of snake-eating-its-tail story you are unraveling, <laughs> but that isn't, you're misleading our listeners. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the chief calling. It is from Chief of Staff Brian Shanahan. It was the Chief of Staff. A lot of chiefs here. Hi, Chief. Bri Bri Shanny. Chief of Staff football as well. The Chief of whose staff? Oh, well, it's the Chief of Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's Not staff. Not Fitzpatrick. Yeah. But let's just talk a moment about Chief of Staff. What does this mean? What is this job? Chief of staff football as well. Um, Before we listen to this fourth mysterious wrong voicemail, let's dive into some hard-hitting investigation. Justin, do you have any ideas about what you think a chief of staff does? They probably direct the staff of whatever office to do whatever jobs and things need to be done. And they're like probably the direct contact for other offices to see what's going on and and who can get things done. What's going on? What's going on? I googled it. Yeah. So let's see how correct you are. The chief of staff generally works behind the scenes to solve problems, mediate disputes, and deal with issues before they are brought to the chief executive. Often chiefs of staff act as confidant and advisor to the chief executive, acting as a sounding board for ideas. Justin, you're my chief of staff in this marriage. See, that makes sense. The chief of staff, you know, he keeps reaching out for the chief, obviously. The next thing on Google, it says people also ask, is a chief of staff an executive assistant? So it goes from this very important, like, they solve problems, they mediate disputes, they deal with the big issues. And also it's like, are they just an executive assistant? Trying to minimize their role or something. Let's see what Google says. They liaise with internal and external key stakeholders. The role of chief of staff is universally respected. His job is to make sure that the chief doesn't have to do his job. The role of chief of staff is universally respected? What is this from? How dare? Don't dare disrespect the chief of staff. But what job is not universally respected? And how dare someone disrespect someone's job? Right. I'm really on a soapbox. I mean... A fry cook might be a job that people don't respect. I love fried food. I respect fry cooks to no end. Yeah. Onion rings, my favorite. Okay, what are a chief of staff's responsibilities? Because what is a day in the life of a chief of staff, right? We have three. Serving as a strategic advisor and counsel to leaders. That's pretty important. Assuming day-to-day responsibility for projects and tasks. And number three, creating and maintaining cross-departmental relationships to enable leadership success. Boring. So, Justin, would you like the job of chief of staff? No, I'd much rather be the chief. I didn't ask you if you want to be the chief or the chief of staff. I just said, would you like the job of chief of staff? No, thank you. What other job would you like? (laughs) Fry cook. That's what I thought. So that you'd have my undying respect? Yes. So that I would always love you and you... you I could always make you onion rings. Exactly. Otherwise, forget it. And French fries. What would you have to give me if you weren't a fry cook? Jeez. Hey, Maria. Yeah? Would you like the job of chief of staff? 
I would like to be a fry cook. Not a chief of staff? No, I think, um, hmm. <sighs> Ooh, that's a hard question. Maria, what job would you rather have? A lifeguard. A lifeguard. Because then I get to be at the beach. Or a YMCA pool. No, I don't want to be... If it's an outdoor pool, maybe. I would like to be... Hmm. What other job would I like? I believe it would be a lifeguard. Or a mermaid. If I could get paid for being a mermaid, sign me up. I would be effective, efficient, productive, respectful, hardworking, talking a lot, saying things to people, getting the job done, social media, and business. And eating a lot of sushi, probably. That would mean that I was eating my friends, Justin. If I was a mermaid and I was eating a lot of sushi. What are you talking about? You don't think fish eat other fish? And a mermaid isn't really a fish. Mm, she is half fish. Or at least a third fish. How much of a fish do you think a dolphin is? It's a mammal. Mm-hmm. So none of a fish. So don't you think that a mermaid is like all mammal? Oh, my brain is exploding. Why would what like why would a mermaid be half fish and half human? Because a mermaid's not a real thing, so I could say whatever she is. What are you talking about? You don't think mermaids exist? What you about don't... fairies? You gonna tell me fairies don't exist either? Justin, that is not a nice term. Nymphs. We are on a tangent. Let's listen to this dang fourth wrong voicemail. Oh nice, we get to hear it. Hi, Chief. Bri Bri Shanny. Chief of Staff Football as well. Um, Fitzy. Is actually in the middle of a working session right now. I just wanted me to reach out to you again uh, to see if there's any possibilities of expediting um, a standpipe inspection over yes. East Broadway. Scheduled for Thursday uh, by 5 p.m., but was hoping that if we could get it done um, within the next day or two, that would be great. Um, uh, so if there's anything you could do, um, please. Um, you know, please reach out to me. Uh, my best number to get a hold of me six one seven. Boston Mass Kid two five is my cell. Appreciate it. Thank you. So wow, he seems a little flustered. A lot, a lot going on. Yeah, he seemed a little distracted, having a hard time focusing on what he's asking here. A lot of ums and ahs. You know what I would recommend for all the ums and ahs that I hear? What's that? Toastmasters. What's that? You've never heard of Toastmasters? No. I'll Google it. It's I think like... I've heard the name, but I have no idea what it is. I figure it's like people that are good at giving toasts. I figure you'd be correct, Justin. What a smart husband I have. Master of giving a toast. Toastmasters International is a U.S. headquartered nonprofit educational organization that operates clubs worldwide. Going to the club. Go out to the club. Love that, Key and Peele. Um, for the purpose of promoting communication and public speaking and leadership skills. Okay. So I know a few people who have taken Toastmasters classes, and they are asked to speak about a subject for five minutes, and then they're told how many times they said um and ah and uh and uh, and then they work on getting rid of the ums and ahs to speak more effectively. Wow. Now, I've never taken any Toastmasters because I am, you know me, Justin. Very I'm not, eloquent. Well, that's very nice of you. You're very eloquent. It's nice of you to say. I, yes. I mean, I'm not one to love the sound of my own voice. You know me. It's not mm. like I just want to hear the sound of my own voice for the sake of hearing 
the sound of my own voice because it's like, okay, here I am and I'm talking and I'm not someone to just talk for the sake of talking. I'm someone who, when they talk, would like to get a point across. I'm not just going to sit here and ramble ramble about anything. And just talk. (sighs) That was really fun for me. Yeah. You listened very intently while I was doing... I wanted to do that. I was waiting for a point. No, I I wanted to do that for another five minutes. You could have and I'd probably zone out, (laughs) doze off. But, well, I've heard at least a few people, a few of my friends who have done this, and, like, if you have too many ums and ahs, they basically flog you for it until you become more eloquent in your communication style. That'll teach you. Do they use, like, a cat of nine tails? This is a very kinky episode. You think a cat of nine tails is a kinky device? Yeah, it is. Well, you might want to poll the listeners on that one. Um, 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 um. Please, um, you know, um, um, so if there's anything you could do, um, please, um, you know, please reach out to me. Um, Justin, don't you know that that's like part of the whole BDSM thing? Using a cat of nine tails? Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> I feel like I've always heard it pronounced a cat of nine tails. I could Google it. No more Googling. So yeah, I believe that all the ums and ahs and uh, you know, like, Shani could perhaps benefit by a Toastmasters class. He could also take an improv class, of which I have taken hundreds. He also might have just been distracted, like driving around all the one-way streets and detours of Boston to try and get from point A to B, which is like a quarter of a mile away, but you have to drive 20 miles to get there. That is how it is in Boston. Is it, uh, It's probably still that way. We've only been gone for like seven or eight years and I bet they didn't have a whole new transit system or road system in Boston in that time Justin they're still fixing the big dig I bet big dig how's the big dig doing big dig big dig remember there was big dig ice cream <laughs> and, and one of my sisters was like oh I love this I love flavor big dig, big dig. <laughs> but I well back to my Advice. So Toastmasters or an improv class, of which I just said I have taken hundreds. That's a lot of improv classes. It's a lot of improv classes. Like, that's a lot of classes. Classes? that. What were they teaching me? How to pretend better? How to use your imagination with others. Well, and also an improv class will undoubtedly do the opposite of what a Toastmaster class would do and make you less efficient in your communication style. So I leave the decision between a Toastmaster class or an improv class in Brian Shanahan's capable hands. Well, I've never taken either Toastmaster class or an improv class. I feel like being married to me, you've been taking the equivalent of an improv class since 1996. Yes, and it hasn't been that great for How me. dare you? I would ask you to get in touch with the management, send an email to the front of house if you have an issue with this improv class. Yes, and I don't think it helped me too much to take this lifelong improv class from you. Yes. Yes, and? And I believe that your negative attitude isn't really as coherent as it could be when you think about your day-to-day life in this marriage. Yes, so I I believe I could benefit from a Toastmasters class, is what I'm hearing. Yes, and? More. Yes, and more. Yes, and if you were in a Toastmasters class, I hope that your topic would be cryptocurrency. 
I'm great with boring topics. Justin is doing a Toastmasters class. His topic is cryptocurrency. You may begin, good sir. No, thank you. Cryptocurrency. What is it? And why? Do you need it? Probably not. Call someone else. They'll be confused, and no one will be able to explain anything to you. But go right ahead. Learn something new today. Next time on Cryptocurrency Today. Or next week. Some other time, but today. <laughs> did I did I fill the time? Um, I could listen to you talk about cryptocurrency for three minutes before I fell asleep at night. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> It'd be amazing. I believe you had zero ums in that cryptocurrency speech. Until the end speech. when I said um, yeah. I feel like you did that um on purpose. I did, I did. So did you enjoy my toast? But then everyone in Toastmasters is making speeches about anything. That sounds incredible. You would love that. I want people just to make a speech about something they like. Why don't you do a Toastmasters? I want my whole podcast just to be a Toastmasters where someone comes in and goes, blah, blah, this is what I like in life. Boop, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then they just come in and bore you for three minutes? I don't care how many ums and ahs. I just want everyone to make a speech about what they're interested in. Okay. Now. We've covered the point that there was a lot of ums and ahs, and we've given the advice. We're leaving it in Shanahan's capable hands. Improv class or Toastmasters? Um, uh, um, uh, um, 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 please, um, you know. Um. Something I noticed here in this wrong voicemail is this is a new topic entirely. In the first three voicemails, they were talking about an address in the north end of Boston. In this one, we hear about an entirely different address. Uh, to see if there's any possibilities of expediting um, a standpipe inspection over yes. East Broadway. This is to inspect. The standpipe. A standpipe. Yeah. Whatever a standpipe is. What is a standpipe? If I were to guess, I would say it's probably, I mean, we're dealing with a fire department issue. It's a pipe. Probably has water. It's a pipe. To access, <laughs> you can probably access the water from the pipe of some sort. So it, it might be a connection that's like dual purpose overflow for the plumbing of an establishment. And maybe it has um, the capability of connecting a fire hose. But that would normally be a hydrant. But I don't know. Wow, Justin. That was a very thorough supposition definition it's something that they would need to inspect so it would have some you know significant purpose would you like to hear Obviously. the definition of standpipe yes. according to google yeah i want to know what a standpipe is noun a vertical pipe extending from a water supply especially one connecting a temporary tap to the main okay temporary tap to the main yeah oh and then the, there's another like subheading firefighting in North America, a standpipe is a type of rigid water piping, which is built into multi-story buildings in a vertical position or bridges in a horizontal position to which fire hoses can be connected, yeah. allowing manual application of water to fire. Yeah, I almost smashed my kneecap against one, which is why I th had kind of an idea of what they look like. Tell me about this. Well, they kind of just stick out of the ground in certain places Justin, or out of the... Justin? The, 
I meant tell me about the time you almost smashed your kneecap. Oh, well. I'm not really interested in that. I was stepping off of a bus, I think. I was stepping off of a bus and there was just like a lot of people in the way or something. And I almost walked straight into it, I think. Yeah. Because it wasn't a fire hydrant, but it had like a cap on it. You want to see the picture? It looked like. Sure, sure. We'll, We'll put this in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I thought. Yep, yep. We'll definitely have a link to what a standby yeah, bit. And so when you see what the what it looks like, yeah, that's exactly what I almost walked into with my kneecap. So that was near a bus stop? That is not safe. Right, yeah. Who put that there? Who's the civic engineer who put that there? Who ordered that? Who ordered that standpipe to be right there? So I wonder when you inspect them what you do. Do you look at them very closely with a magnifying glass? Well, you want to make sure that, that the pressure in the pipe is probably correct and that there's no leaks or anything like that. Justin, are, are you a, uh, some kind of government drone? No. Are you part of the fire department? I'm not part of the BFD. Ooh, look at this. Another question on Google is, what is a standpipe test? And I'm not the chief. You're not the chief. No. What is a standpipe test? Wow. Is that just what they're talking about in inspection? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, but basically it says a rooftop standpipe test verifies the water supply, pump, and piping at the topmost part of the system. Oh, yeah. I got really bored. Well, it would take extra pressure, that. I think, for for it to be able to reach all the way up to the top. Oh, Justin. The physics whiz. It would take extra pressure for water to reach a rooftop. This reminds me of something, and do you know what that is, Justin? What year does this remind me of? 1685. No, No, not 1685. Guess again. What year? 1993. 1993 and 1994, when you and I were physics lab partners. Yes. Yep. Beverly High School, Beverly, Massachusetts. We were paired together in physics class with Mr. Sullivan. Sully. Who was seeing another teacher, and we caught them making out once, didn't we? Or was it just me that caught them making out? No, I've caught, I've I've seen them multiple times, yeah. You've seen them multiple times in 1994? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were always making out. How did you feel about being my physics lab partner in the year 1993 and 1994? I thought it was great, but frustrating as well. Frustrating. Yeah. Cuz I like I liked being able to like, you know, hang out with you and like talk to you and stuff. And but give me your gum, your headache gum? Yeah, and give you my headache gum, mm-hmm. my my extra spearmint green package gum. It gives everybody a headache plus Sugar me. Sugar free. Yep. Of course, but it's gum, so I'm still going to ask to eat it, but it's yeah. headache gum. Yeah. But um yeah, so I got to hang out with you a bit, but at the same time I used to enjoy just getting my work done as fast as possible and then doing some other work so I ended up spending more time than I would have otherwise on the the physics lab projects and whatnot. I see so I was kind of like the dumb old broad that slowed you down in life yeah exactly yeah 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 that makes sense no and took all your gum you weren't dumb but you did take all my gum and my candy and 
I don't remember yeah. taking much of your candy. What candy oh, yeah. did you ever Skittles. have? Skittles. You always you did have Skittles. Skittles. You had Starburst now and Starburst, then, too. Starburst, yeah. Skittles, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And you understood physics, and that was kind of cool. But every time you tried to explain it to me, I'd either fall asleep or just not understand. Right. <sighs> or you'd just stare at me instead. Well, I was staring at your neck. Yeah, she's weird. She likes my neck. Who are you telling that to? There's two of us in this booth. This is a podcast. Everyone in the world is going to hear it. <laughs> you hear that plane? Everyone in the world hears that. Okay, so to review, you liked spending time with me. I loved spending time with you. giving me your gum, which gave me a headache, and your Skittles and your Starburst, but you didn't like... Well, I didn't say I liked giving you my Skittles and my Starburst. I think you really loved any chance to please me. I had other ideas on how to please you. Well, that's... So to review, you enjoyed having me as a physics lab partner. Yeah, you were, you were cute. You, okay, were, you, were I, very, I was, you were very attractive to me. I was very attractive to you. You used to be very attractive. In the past, I was cute and attractive At to you. At that time. At that specific time. I was extremely attracted to In you. history, you were attracted to me. I used to be very attracted to you. <laughs> Four score and seven warp light years ago, you were attracted to me. So, Maria, how did you like being my lab partner for physics class? I always thought you were super hot. And? That's it. I just thought you were hot and you had headache gum. And? I don't know. What else am I supposed to say? <laughs> you had a weird sense of humor. Was I smart? You were very smart at physics. Only at physics. <laughs> you were very smart at physics and calculus and math. <laughs> and probably trigonometry. 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 Is. Trigonometry. Have you ever taken trigonometry? You were smart at subjects like that. And you were smart at subjects like communicating. That's not a subject in high school. Communications. Well. Eng English. You're great at reading books. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic. We've gotten off topic, talking about the year 1993 and 1994 when we were physics lab partners, and that's a tangent. I am so sorry, dear listener. Yeah, you don't care about our stupid physics lab partner class thing. I think, I think people care. I think they really care. They care a lot. I think they care They a really lot. want to hear about the standpipe. I mean, that was pretty boring too. Mm. And mm. Did they get it All right, we were. We like, were talking were we about talking the standpipe. About? Yeah. So, although it's a different subject, it's the same general ask of the chief to expedite the dang whatever uh, to see if there's any possibility of expediting um, a standpipe inspection. Yeah, so he wants to get it inspected. These guys always want the chief to expedite something. Yeah, do it faster. Do it right away. Don't care how. Put I want it, it the, now. Yeah, put it to the top of your priorities. It's like a Willy Wonka thing. It's like, Ver who is that one from Willy Wonka? Is that Veruca? I don't know the names. The, you know, when, when the guy's like, my daughter's a blueberry. <laughs> A blueberry. Oh my God! Fitzy and Shanny or Veruca from Willy Wonka. Don't care how. I want it now. Now. 
scheduled for Thursday uh, by 5 p.m., but was hoping that if we could get it done um, within the next day or two, that would be great. Um. So anyway, that's a break in our investigation. They want everything expedited. They want it all ex- expedited. I don't know if it's a break in the... Uh, is everything a break in, in the <laughs> investigation now? <laughs> The break in the investigation in this episode is that Fitzy and Shani are Veruca from Willy Wonka. Oh, that's a huge reveal. And that you were a horrible physics lab partner in high school. Let's move on to the next topic. The next talking point about this mysterious wrong voicemail. He says that his boss, Mac Fitzpatrick, is in a working session. Working. What is a working session, Justin? Um, Fitzy. I was actually in the middle of a working session right now. I just wanted me to reach out to you again. Uh, well, it's a period of time where you're actually doing work and not just fucking off. Woo! The term working session is such an adult, boring term. Well, maybe it, he's saying it so that you know that he's not just eating an Italian meatball sub. He's, uh, he's in a working session right now. He's not just eating. There's no such thing as an Italian meatball sub, Justin. It's just a meatball sub. The well, Italian is redundant. Well, I think for them it's either a work session or a lunch session. All they do is working sessions or lunching sessions? Yeah. Hmm. That's probably it. Like, Because he couldn't be like, uh, right now my uh, my boss, Mark Fitzpatrick, is in a lunching session. He's and eating he's, a hoagie. He's eating an Italian with extra hots. Yeah. Uh, his fingers are very spicy with the extra hots. He just touched the corner of his eye, and, and now he's crying. <laughs> and so that's why he asked me to call. He doesn't want you to think he's a wussy. <laughs> yeah, a wussy. <laughs> is that a local term that we grew up with, or does everybody know what a wussy is? <laughs> I don't know. I can see him. I can see him using that term in yeah. a voicemail in the future. Uh, I, I want you to know. Um, you know, Mock wanted me to call, but his eyes all spicy from the meatballs and the the Italian. Sorry, the the Italian with the hots. He, you know, he likes the hots. He always puts too many on the sub. And now his eyes watering. He's crying. He says he's not crying. He's not a wussy. He wants everyone to know he's not a wuss. He's my boss. I'm his chief of staff. We're expediting matters. I'm his yeah. confidant. Shanny, that's right. Yeah, he, he's very explicit. And he mentions that his boss is in a working session. He's actually in the middle of a working session right now. Why does he mention it? To prove that his boss, Fitzy, is actually working? He is, in fact, working. It's a working session. He's not lunching. It's not a futzing around session. Not a futzing? It's not a futzing session. It's a working session. Working session. He's in the middle of a working session right now. And now, now, from your perspective, from what we've spoken about in previous episodes... You might think that that's like a passive-aggressive approach, right? Exactly. Like, hey, chief, ever heard of a working like, session? Ever heard of work? Ever ever heard of returning calls? Jeez, chief. Yeah. Yeah, like at least we, we're we working over here. What are you doing? What are you doing, lunching? Yeah, see, I I don't think that that's the, the approach that they're doing, but I, I could see where you might think that, though. Thank you for seeing it my way. You're welcome. Even though you feel that it is incorrect. You're wrong. But thank you for your perspective. <laughs> your opinion and your point of view is incorrect. But I, I thank you. I appreciate your differing points of view that are wrong. And that's why this marriage works. You're wrong. I'm right. But I sure do respect the heck out of you. Yeah. 
and your physics expertise and your shitty headache gum. Yep. I don't eat headache gum anymore, just so that everyone knows. Well, you can't because it has gluten in it and you have celiac disease. Um, do you know that some people call it celiacs? Celiacs. It's not celiacs disease. Or they call it celiac sprue. Oh. Or they just call it sprue. Someone calls it sprue. Oh, you've got the sprue? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I've got the sprue on me. <laughs> I've got the sprue on me. <laughs> um, that's from Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, that's Joe Dirte. That's like a five-star movie. That is such a good film. If you haven't seen Joe Dirte, check it out. Listen, this isn't like a professional movie recommendation podcast, but if it was, Joe Dirt, watch it. <laughs> Okay, you know what I really enjoy? Final point around this mysterious wrong voicemail we got from Chief of Staff Brian Shanahan. At the end, that would be great. Like that guy from Office Space. That would be great. Um... Who's he? Lundberg. He's Lundberg in Office Space. I do remember that. And I recently saw him on that new TV show that I love, Mixed-ish, with Tracy Ellis Ross, who I love. And he's the lovable racist grandpa. He's mm. so funny. What's his name? Gary Cole. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gary Cole. What an actor. That would be great. Yeah. We're going to have to ask you to come in tomorrow on Saturday. Try to get here on time this time. And, yeah, we're also going to need you to come in on Sunday, too. That would be great. Um, Go ahead and come in on Sunday. That would be great. That would great. be great. That would be great. That would be great. Um, so I feel like even though Shanahan maybe hasn't taken a Toastmasters and hasn't taken an improv class, he's probably watched Office Space. Oh, I hope they have all watched Office Space. If we do ever call these men back, that will be my first question to them. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Office Space? What will be my second question, Justin? Have you ever seen Joe Dirt? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen Office Space? Have you ever seen Joe Dirt? Again, this is not a movie podcast. These are important questions. But these are monumental films. <laughs> Do you time. have any questions that you want us to pose to the chief? Oh or my. the chief of staff? Ooh. Or the staff? <laughs> or the chief of the Boston Fire Department. Chief of all chiefs? Or any old chief. Justin, that's actually a great question. If we were to ever call these guys back, do our listeners have any questions for any of these people? Or will we get a cease and desist order before this podcast even drops? Do podcasts drop? Are they like albums Does from 1982? That's what the kids are saying these days, that things slap. What does this mean? Does this podcast slap? Let us know. I had to look on Urban Dictionary because I don't understand. I know that my niece has used the term slaps. Like, yeah. what does she say? That slaps? Oh, it means good as F. Yeah. It's like back in the 80s when we, when we would use the term bad. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Weren't people doing that before the 80s? I don't know. I think it was an 80s thing. That, that slaps. That sounds weird to me. And that means that I'm old now. Yeah. I can't say, all oh, this podcast slaps. <laughs> I can't. I can't. No. I can't say anything slaps because it sounds silly. Yeah. This hand really slaps. I could say that. Yeah. There you go. 
We've covered all the finer points of this fourth mysterious wrong voicemail, and we've covered so much more. We're moving ahead nicely in our investigation with the aid of Google. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. It is a search engine. Is that like Alta Vista? Yes, it's like an Ask Jeeves. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I'll check it out. Yes, you could look on. I'm sure if you're could using, could I find it? Like, how would I search for it? You could go on to Friendster on MySpace and just and type ask in for a recommendation for a search engine. Yes. Okay. Just ask your f- friends on MySpace for a recommendation for. Um, Where's this newfangled Google? A web. At? A website searcher. Okay. Um. Gosh, we've learned a lot. And at the same time, we've learned nothing. No. Okay. So basically, there's a standpipe at a new location that needs to be inspected. They want it done right away. Scheduled for Thursday uh, by 5 p.m., but was hoping that if we could get it done um, with the next day or two, that would be great. Um, and now, hopefully, we'll find out what the follow-up is. You I know, hope, like, are I they guess. gonna? They're gonna keep leaving me voicemails, right? I right. Mean, well, here is the reveal. We're, we're here. There are several. This is the first of many in this series of standpipe voicemails. So there's a reveal for you, listener. Uh, to see if there's any possibilities of expediting um, a standpipe inspection. Well, Justin, this has been really fun, and I thank you for your time and serious effort that you put forth for this podcast recording. Oh, yeah. This, is, this takes serious talent and effort and energy. Especially for someone with celiacs. Yeah, especially for a boring guy like myself. That's it for this episode of Wrong Voicemail Podcast. Huge thanks to you, our listeners. Stay in touch. Email us with your thoughts, questions, wrong voicemails at wrongvmpod at gmail.com. No, really. If you've gotten a wrong voicemail, send it to us or just describe it in your email. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a dramatic recreation of it. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at wrongvoicemailpod. Wrong Voicemail Podcast is created and produced by me, Maria Champa, with lots of help from co-host and husband, Justin Carr, the recipient of all the wrong voicemails. Theme music is composed and performed by the illustrious Max Butler. Please visit his site at maxwellbutler.net to see and hear everything else he works on, including live performances, vintage instrument restoration, essays, and more. Wrong Voicemail Pod art was designed and created by the talented Clay Morell. Find him at Clay Morell on Instagram. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L. And don't forget to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, or wherever you listen, because it helps people to find our show. And we like that, because we love making this stuff. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about this show. Tell someone in Boston politics about this show. Tell your ma about this show. Why not? I like them apples.